Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name is David Reed. This is Merrick Larwood. I don't like this bit. I, okay, rebrand it now. It. You you give me a script. What do you want me to say? You just pour. Maybe you just go. My name is David Reed, and my name is Merrick Larwood. Would it not get a bit synchronous talking, a bit like a boy band? And this is film. <laughs> that would get a bit. As much. I was walking to your house to do um, this podcast, yeah, I walked past a One Direction advert, and I just I let out a big sigh. Of why is everyone interested in just not 18, 19 year olds and not. I want to hear, watch adults on television. Yes. And hear adults talk. Yes. Um, aren't they targeted at teenagers though? Well, I don't. That, this is a film podcast. <laughs> you brought it up. How yeah. do you want to be introduced? I don't know. I want next time for you to think of something different. Oh, fine. Okay. Okay, well, next time, not this time. Welcome, Welcome, listeners, new and old. New and old, ugly and pretty. Listeners from places like Canada, Ireland. Um, Beirut. Singapore. I looked on the map of where all listeners are from around the world. Is it is it telling that the, the countries we have no listeners in are the ones I care about the most? Like what? I think still North Korea. I don't think we've got anyone in Iraq. There have been occasional oh, downloads really? from Iraq, yeah. Iran? I think it was by accident. <laughs> Our most popular places are, of course, the UK. And America. Ireland, America, and I think... Australia's Australia all right. Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. You know, so, the English-speaking world. Yeah. That's all I'm aiming for, is just the Nordic countries and the, in the, yeah, North, the Northern Hemisphere. I'm part, and also um, the I'm part Norwegian. It'd be nice to uh, have a home crowd back there. Oh, I am um, part Dutch, hmm. which explains why I'm an arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, we've been to the cinema this week, haven't we? Yeah, we have. We didn't go together. We, we have never been to the get together to cinema. We haven't. That's true. We'll have to do that next year sometime. Yeah, every time next year. Yeah. Then really? you can witness my... Um, <laughs> Not me out uh, last half film not going to the toilet unless it's got uh, <laughs> pornographic content. Oh god, he's off again. Anyway, what film did you go and see? I went to see. Well, I tried to go and see Frozen as we're we're you know we're in the lead up to Christmas, I guess you call it. And I really liked Tangled. I was surprised to like Tangled, but Tangled was excellent. And this is the same people. I got the times wrong at the cinema, or Google did. 
I'm, uh. I'm not really sure. But it wasn't on for another two hours, and I didn't have time. So, knowing nothing about it at all, I went to see Nebraska. It's got good... Uh, I've heard good things about it. It's got good reviews. It's a film by um, Alexander Payne, I think is, is the director's name, and he did Sideways and The Descendants and other things I've as seen well. Sideways. It's about wine, isn't it? It is about wine, yes. Uh, it, it Sideways caused the sale of Merlot to go down enormously in America. Merlot? Merlot. Merlot, they call it in uh, in Sideways. Merlot. Merlot. Go down? Yes. What? Because he, he says, and here's our explicit rating coming, he says, if they serve fucking Merlot, I'm leaving. Oh, okay. And everyone was like, oh, Merlot must not be very good then. No, we shouldn't order that. Mm. But anyway... Nebraska, it uh, stars Will Forte, I think it's pronounced, or Fort, I don't know. You may know him from uh, MacGruber, uh, Saturday Night Live, or he plays Jenna Maroney's boyfriend in 30 Rock as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically him and his dad, played by Bruce Dern, who's um, a really old guy, got Alzheimer's, has been an alcoholic his whole life. And he gets one of these things through the post that says, uh, you've won a million pounds if you subscribe to this magazine. One of those fishing things. But in his sort of dodgy old state, he thinks he has won a million dollars and uh, has to go to Lincoln, Nebraska to pick it up. And that's like 800 miles away or something. But uh, he keeps getting picked up on the highway where he's just walking there. So it's like a road trip story. It is, because his son, uh, David, um, keeps having to go and pick him up and his mum's getting out of her mind. She can't look after him anymore where he just keeps wandering off. So he indulges this fantasy and takes him on a trip to Nebraska. But it involves going through the town he grew up in on the way. Oh, so he's almost revisiting his past. Yes, he is. Very much so. I have to quickly say I'm sitting on a wicker chair... So it's difficult. If you hear odd noises, it's not Buddy in the background, because we're in a different room today, it's the wicker chair, so I'm trying to sit very still. Is it? <laughs> it's unsettling you. It, they're very noisy, aren't they? They are quite noisy. I'm in a swivel chair, a sort of uh, Blofeld. They should have wicker chairs in prisons, so they could hear when the uh, what the prisoners are up to. Also, it would hurt less if uh, a guard got hit with one. Yeah. Anyway, back to the film. Yeah. This I've seen the trailer and it's is it like uh, I couldn't work out what it's it was. It's black and white. Yeah, that was a big. It's quite odd to be filming black and white. Why was that? Because in digital you don't even need to do black and white. Anymore. Well, exactly. It's Alexander Payne's first film using digital cameras as well. I'm led to believe, um, which is odd um, that he's gone for black and white, but he has done. Um, I don't know why. It's contemporary. It's set now. It's. Uh, you know, it, it works. It's not distracting, but is it? Does it bring choice. anything to the film? Was just uh... I no, I wouldn't say so. But okay, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know why everything would have to be in colour, though. Either yeah. I, I don't know. I've not thought about it enough. I literally saw it an hour ago. So, um, yeah, no, I don't. I don't know what the reason for that was. There's a villain in it who I've, I've liked in stuff before. He's a real crotchety old man with a twinkle in his eye and a scar on his top lip. He plays the old uh, evil guy in American History X. Have you seen that? Yes, I the have. The guy who's recruiting all of these young kids to uh, the white supremacist cause. Uh, okay. uh, his name is Stacy Keach, I believe. That's a good name. It's a great name. 
Is it a comedy then, or is it just a sort of whimsical? Yeah, it's film? got a lot of funny things in it. I mean, it, there's a lot of sort of. Uh, there's a lot of old people say the funniest things about it, uh, but it does work. Um, you know, it, it it is funny, but I don't think it's perfect. the The script was probably a little too ham fisted at times for me. Okay. Or the direction, or the actors weren't hiding the obviousness of the script. Sometimes, it, at times, it's sublime, and at others, it seems a bit eggy. Why should I go and see this film? Who's it for? I don't know. I think it's for. It's very, it's very evocative on you know the themes of living your entire life and then slowly sort of losing it losing track of why you did anything in the first place as well as losing your memory I you feel know that now I'm only 37 well then I think this might help you what is some some sort of solution there I, I'm not saying that no it's not it's not like that but it's certainly uplifting ending yes it's not a bleak film oh okay that's good um it's got um uh Bob Odenkirk is he called Bob Odenkirk yeah who uh, is in Breaking Bad he plays Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad is, now when I see him playing Saul Goodman yeah I know we're talking about Breaking Bad we, you know, we shouldn't talk about TV things but well, he's everyone in watches um, someone wrote in saying about Breaking Bad about someone asked us to, if we were going to review it in fact yes it is Andrew Cooper said wrote in saying hello chaps some people are saying that TV series like Breaking Bad are better than films. Here's someone saying it in The Guardian. Um, oh, they quickly put a link to something there. I shouldn't really read that out. <laughs> As I listened to you both, America's Deeply Annoying Neighbours, this is when we recorded my house and there was Bill in that That's right. On the podcast just now, while, while, while manufacturing crystal meth in my motorhome deep in the Berkshire countryside, I wondered whether you might consider reviewing one of my favourite drama series, Breaking Bad. Series production values were just one of its highlights, and I think it deserves to be considered at least on the par with feature films. Keep up the good work, Pip Pip. I've just seen a picture of him next to his thing and he actually looks like quite sophisticated. <laughs> Man in his, in his 40s, yeah. Um, well, no, I mean, he, I, we're not going to start reviewing telly just but, for the sheer amount of effort but it would my, take. My, point, but, my first point, sorry, was when I watched Breaking Bad yes. and saw, and I, I think a lot of people would have seen it, Saul Goodman, I was intrigued because I hadn't seen him before anything. Yes. How much of him was his personality you know there's some actors oh yeah 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 I mean it's 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 clearly a character he's doing I mean he's he is different in in uh, Nebraska he's he's um, uh, a comedy guy as well he he wrote Mr. Show with David Cross oh okay and and, uh, I forget the other guy's names Starburns from Community anyway um, yeah he he's interestingly as well in Nebraska they were originally going to cast um, Brian Cranston in the lead role and decided he wasn't right for the part, so cast um, MacGruber instead, Will Forte, which is quite interesting. But the two of them would have been in it together. Brian Cranston doesn't need to do anything ever again. No, he doesn't. He's going to be in these bloody superhero things, though. He's going to play Lex Luthor. Uh, Sorry. Um, Yes, so, so, but interesting point. Going back to Andrew Cooper's uh, question about reviewing Breaking Bad. And whether it is, uh, it, it, I mean, it is production values of television are now good enough to for them to be rivaling films. And I, I've, from what I've read, it seems to be a popular topic in the media um, that it's rattling 
the you know the movie industry a bit that they feel they've now got to compete or they've got to find something else to do because the stories are much longer on TV as well so yeah. you can really invest in the characters on TV far more because you're watching hours at a time rather than 90 minutes um, I still think event uh, storytelling is still going it's still going to have a place it's going to survive I yeah. don't see Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones and all of these things killing cinema I think um Breaking Bad is an exception to the rule for my pop because it was, for my opinion, I agree with all what you said because it had a finite ending and it feels it was where a lot of things I've watched like Dexter, yeah. Prison Break, Lost, uh, even the, uh, they feel they don't know where they're heading. And, if you if you wa- do yeah. uh, watch the interviews or read about it, they they left it completely open because they wanted if people were prepared to recommission it for another series they could get it and so they just keep throwing up questions that they don't know the answer to and it means that they're just heading for a brick wall ultimately yeah, so I, I respect find those rewarding, yeah. picking a finite end to your story and knowing where it's going so much I'm still three episodes off the end of Breaking Bad so, are you? yeah I was watching more of it today it's very exciting um, but soon I will be immune to spoilers which will be good um, but I think Breaking Bad is the best ever thing on television talk about that well I, I agree they're, they're, we've reviewed it now yeah <laughs> um, but it's interesting seeing the other character that the the people from Breaking Bad will start to appear in more and more films well now. it's amazing isn't it there used to be this great stigma and divide between if you're a TV actor then it was very hard to break into films and once you're in films you stayed there whereas there's far more fluidity now and big stars can be made on, on the small screen as well you know um, I think Alec Baldwin was probably lucky enough for the transition was whilst he was doing 30 Rock and suddenly he started being respected as a brilliant actor again yeah. rather than being, God, he's fallen on high, hard times being in a TV show. But then, you know, Steve Buscemi will do Boardwalk Empire and, uh, you know, what Dennis Hopper, I guess, went and did uh, 24 and stuff. So, I, it's... No, it's interesting. Yeah, there seem to be sort of quite high... The classy TV series which had the same sort of feel as films. Mm. With good writers, you know, really, really tightly written episodes. I mean, 24 probably started the ball rolling with that style of crack cocaine-style television where every advert break has a cliffhanger yeah. and every episode has an incredible twist Yeah, just because you have to consume more. But I think Prison Break was exactly like that as well. But again after the first series the first series I really liked because it had a finite end and then it just got this sort of mess that just keeps going yeah. and you get bored eventually well back to Nebraska Nebraska um, yes it's very sweet it's very um, sort of heartfelt and funny and witty and you know it, it's sort of lovely um, it bothered me for a long old time like for the first 40 minutes probably I couldn't work out whether I thought this was terrible Oh, okay. In, in, you know, it was something to do with the directing, the writing, and the acting style that was just missing something for me. It, di- it didn't feel like it was creating a world that I could believe in. So you didn't get ever properly engrossed in it. No, it they didn't grab me from from the off. And I don't, I don't mean it had to be, you know, high energy or explosions or anything. It was because there was something. It was intimate, but it felt performed. Mm. about it but by the end by you know the halfway point or whatever I, I was properly into it and enjoying it and is it really long? no it's like two hours two okay. hours five minutes or something because I read this, this is on the American Film Institute brought out their list of the top ten films 
2013, and this is on there. Really? Yeah, and it's on Metacritic, I think, have given it, which is the sort of, where they, uh, you talked about it before, a website where, it's on IMDb, Nick's the ratings. Yeah. The review um, um, ar- aggregator, I think. They yeah. That's giving it like 85, really high mark. Yeah. Would it be in your top 10 films of the year, David? I'm, I'm hard-pressed to remember films I've seen this year, but uh, it might well be. It might well be, but I think it's been fairly slim pickings. Mm. They're just starting to come out now, the good films, I think. Yeah. The last few weeks. Ones. Yeah. So, how many Davids would you give it? Tricky. I think I'd probably give it six and a half. When do these half measures come in? <laughs> you brought them in. You when did I bring halves? the halves in? I think you gave something nine and a half or something to make a point that it didn't get ten. I might be wrong about that. Well, um, if you know, if anyone <laughs> has evidence of me giving half marks, please write in. Where do they write to? They can email us, steerfilmfandango at gmail.com or write on our Facebook wall, forward slash filmfandango or tweet us, at filmfandango. That's quite a lot of ways to get hold of us. Yep, no excuse. No excuse. Um, we've had another letter in, shall we go? You, yeah, of course. Have you finished talking? Yeah, I've finished talking. <laughs> I feel like I didn't let you talk. I feel like I just did it into Breaking Bad rather no, That's than... quite all right. That's quite all right. I mean, it, it's, again, it's it. a film I've enjoyed that, you know, that sort of you have to let it speak for itself in a way. You know, I, I enjoyed it. I'd recommend people see it. I don't know how cinematic it is. I don't think you have to see it in the cinema. Okay. But I'd, I'd, I'd track it down when it was on TV or Netflix or whatever. I was put off by the trailer. I didn't see the trailer, so I can't comment. But Just as I was put off by the trailer to the film... I am going to talk about in a minute. Intriguing. Very <laughs> intriguing. That's what you can do. What I'm doing Is that what you do? Is just um, uh, planting seeds of suspense. Yeah. So even if the listener's bored, it's like what X Factor and all the programmes do. They put fake suspense things in there. So people go, oh, oh. what film did Marrick go and see at the cinema? That's good, isn't I it? I hate this podcast, but I need to find out what... <laughs> Film, but I also hate them. For, I hate them. for people who just jump to this bit, we should probably do regular previously on film fandangos and say what we just did as well to stall longer before you release that information. Yeah, there's so many things you can do. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what, Mr. Anchor's done. What's she done? She's written us a, uh, an email. Good honour. Um, how about um, you read it out? Right, what voice? She said regional. She said at the end of it, yeah. regional RP. What region? Reg- regional RP. That doesn't exist. RP is received pronunciation. Do that then. Um, I'll I'll do it posh. Do it old-fashioned BBC. The very first broadcast at Alexander Alexandra Palace. Very well. Hello, David Merrick and Buddy. I just want to assure you that Chris isn't the only listener. I just couldn't think of anything to write in about. I have, however, had a thought. What are your favourite films adapted from the stage? Mine is The History Boys. It makes me cry every time. For what it's worth, my accent is a sort of regional RP. BBC regional, as my better half calls it. Love, Misha. Sent from my iPhone. Show off. That Um, that says it automatically. She didn't write that. (laughs) (laughs) You know that. Yeah, I do know that, yeah. I like the idea someone would purposely write that at the end of all their emails. Yeah, you have to, uh, have to say what computer you've got. Except for my iPhone. 
sent from my Atari ST circa <laughs> 1984. People uh, in the olden days used to write written with a fountain pen at the end, end of letters. I'm going to start writing sent from something else on the bottom you can, of my You can, you can change it in settings. So, to answer Misha's question, favourite um, films adapted from plays. Do you go to the theatre much? I hate Eric? it. You hate the theatre? Yeah. Okay. Because... I haven't seen anything I've really enjoyed. I saw one throw the cuckoo's nest, yeah, uh, Steppenwolf adaptation with Gary Sinise and it, and all the famous people. Right, the film was just much better. I much prefer film as a medium. Theatre is overpriced, and also I can't say it properly. <laughs> <laughs> that does film. You can say film. Film just about it's really yeah. easy. Um, How do you say it? Theatre. Everyone says you say theatre weirdly when I say theatre. Yeah, I'm that's quite weird. But. The only other person I know who says it like you is now a successful playwright. Ian so, McKellen. No, uh, Lucy Kirkwood, who wrote China America. Um, she know, says it like that. Um, no, theatre, surely. Theatre, that's what I'm saying. You're saying theatre. Theatre, what's the same? What's the difference between it? <laughs> You're saying it like Walls Vianetta rather than Walls Vieta. I <laughs> prefer my way. Okay. Um, I like theatre when it's intimate. I think as soon as it gets, you know, bigger to try and sell tickets so they can make some money, it becomes pointless being in the same room. The, the whole excitement is being in the same room. I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, stuff that's in the round or you know, intimate little studio oh, okay. spaces. Well, one of the things I really enjoy, I saw the Woman in Black. Yeah, which was at an old theatre, this old place they do plays in. Yeah, uh, Playhouse, and, and it was um, written about. So it was, set, it was set there as well. Yeah. Whereas the film loses all that. Yeah. And, and also because Daniel Radcliffe is essentially a child who's had a seven-year-old child. Yes. It, yeah, it doesn't quite make sense. And also but... is a load of shit. Oh, Daniel Radcliffe. I've queued behind him. Have you? For a coffee. I was uh, going to say, not for a he's bus. He's a tiny man. Tiny man. Very, he, very polite, though, to the uh, Yeah, he sounds the nice. Staff. The wrong thing is, he would have, we talked about this before, he's like an accountant. He's made in. He's been picked up to be an actor, so he's got a muscly body. Doesn't fit his face. Well, poor anyway, lad. Probably be able to beat me up one of these days. Well, so. certainly could pay someone to. Yeah. Um, but theatre, <laughs> uh, woman in black's good, especially because there's the whole thing of you have to actually see her in person to, and that means the curse has been carried on. So there's yeah. just something scary about that idea when it's live. Anyway, films from plays. Woman in Black, I thought was all right as an adaptation. I we've talked, I reviewed that with Ruth Bratt. I thought that was okay. Um, what do I uh, like? There's all the Shakespeare's Amadeus. Okay, that was a play first, and I think the film's very good. F. Murray years Abraham and years and years. is brilliant. Oscar winning, isn't it? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. He plays Salieri, the jealous man who's not as good as Mozart. Um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a one-person show with a band that is a fantastic musical movie. My favourite adaptation is Glen Gary, Glen Ross, which has got it's just a masterclass in acting. Sort of Al Pacino, I think Alec Baldwin, yeah, loads of people. Or um, is Kevin Spacey in that? I think he might be. I get confused between Glen Gary, Glen Ross, and the, some of the scenes in Wall Street. Oh, Glen, Gary Glen Ross is so much better than Wall Street. Um, I'm looking up now to find all the people doing it. Do it. Um, a few good men. 
That's that was a play, Aaron Sorkin play. That's uh, quite a fun film. The problem is, is that, uh, what did I start? I started watching Carnage, which is yeah. the uh, Christopher Voltz or Vi- Vi- Christoph Voltz, Voltz. Jodie Foster, and uh, Kate Winslet, and the um, bloke from other stuff. And that felt like I'm sure it must be based on a play. It felt so yeah, much it like is. a play because it was based in one apartment. Yeah, but so I, you can get really it. good films set in one apartment. Yeah. Saw, for instance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, this it's 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 interesting, isn't it? Because adaptations of books, this they add so much depth that the the person who's written the screenplay is able to trade off and you know pick the best bits and do shorthand but there's a lot of w- preparation that's been done for them but often the play has done as much as the screenplay yeah and they're just sort of cherry picking lines and it always stuff. seems to me stuck or t- changing locations often. it seems stuck in the same location too many yeah. of them just feel that this will be trapped in this location which is unrealistic for example carnage or whatever it's called was it carnage yeah being a prime example of just feels confined to this location because it's a play. Yeah, and it screams it out to me, and I don't like. I don't like the theatre, however you say it, so it puts me off. Did you ever go down the producer's hole of uh, seeing? Hang on a minute, <laughs> just a casting reference. No, the producers, <laughs> Mel Brooks' film, fantastic oh, okay, film yeah, that yeah. they then made a stage musical of, that they then adapted to be a film version of the musical. And it was like photocopying a poor picture where it would just get worse every time. But what was fascinating in terms of that lack of imagination of what you can do with it from the stage to the screen is that all of the dance routines and, uh, you know, choreography was exactly the same in the film of the musical as the stage musical. And it was all shot from one side. Okay. As if you were watching it through a box because... Because they didn't have the imagination to reimagine this choreography in 3D. Mm. You know, it was so lazy and terrible. Um, whereas the original film is wonderful. Did you know you can photocopy uh, <laughs> a photocopy of Maureen Lippman a thousand times? Yeah. And you'll still recognise it's her. Wow. But that, only her? Yeah. Such a recognisable woman. <laughs> that is a lie. Oh, made is up. that? All right, okay. There'll probably be yeah, at least one. Anyway, your internet stopped working, so I can't find out who was oh, in I'm sorry, Mary. Glenn Ross. According to this, Child's Play was a play. Now, I said I really liked Little Shop of Horrors, but you said that was a film, then became a musical, then became... Little Shop of film. Horrors was a black-and-white film, not a musical, starring Jack Nicholson, like, decades and decades ago. I, I don't know the full history, but I think the stage musical was an adaptation of that film. And then again, like the producers, then got turned into a, a brilliant film of the not not like the producers in that respect got turned into a film of the stage okay. musical. Well, this leads us um, quite nicely onto the film I went to see, uh-huh. which is a film about a film. It's called oh. um, Saving Mr. Banks. Yes, it stars Tom Hanks as Walt Disney and Emma Thompson as P. L. Travers who is the author of Mary Poppins and the story is Walt Disney uh, 
has promised his daughters that he will eventually make Mary Poppins into a film. He's already successful, and he's got his big, you know, Disneyland, and he's a big sort of proven. Uh, where he's you know the biggest uh, biggest person in the world. <laughs> this is before Nelson Mandela and all that stuff. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Um, so he's invited. P.L. Travis is sort of running out of money, so agent says you have to go to um, America and, and meet him. And uh, and she, Walt Disney cannot make the film until till P.L. Travers grants him the rights, which she will only do if she approves of the script. Right. Now we had an email uh, the other week about talking about films about films. Yes. What films talk about films? This is a really surprise, great film. Oh, really? About films. I saw the trailer for this three or four times. And I thought, I one thing I'm not going to do is going to watch that film. <laughs> I went to cinema in the afternoon with my friend, and it was during uh, uh, with loads of school kids about, and they were showing The Hunger Games and Frozen, yeah. and all. And I thought, what can we see that there's definitely going to be no children at? Yeah, that. Yeah. So this it, it is fascinating because it's based on a true story. And it follows uh, P.L. Travers. Um, There's two stories that are running parallel with each other, which is her growing up, because she's Australian originally, growing up with her father, who is a banker and uh, an alcoholic, and how she deals with that, and how her family sort of gradually breaks down. And it transforms how you see Mary Poppins. Really? It's incredible. And it's really interesting to have a film everyone's seen. So Mary Poppins is a film that we all... uh, you know, we all associate with Christmas. Um, or uh, most people have seen bits of it, are familiar with the songs. Yeah, and it manages to alter what you think of Mary Poppins. And because what would you say Mary Poppins is a story about? Oh God, um, it's about the father, Mister Banks, isn't it? I mean, I've been given a clue yeah, by the yeah. title of the film. So not people but... think it's about Mary Poppins. Yeah, but essentially, it's about it. I said essentially again it's about Mr Banks becoming a good father yeah that is the key thing and that's all related to her I didn't see it as that until this film I just thought oh here's Nanny came it's just it's about a magic nanny yeah Yeah. and about someone who has a terrible accent but it is um, about when it's related to her her father and his alcoholic problems and how she sort of retold the story and her aunt is her her mother's sister who comes to sort of of things out who, who is um is Mary what Mary Poppins is based on? So is the title "Saving Mr. Banks" uh, dual meaning, as in the film of Mary Poppins is about saving Mr. Banks, yes. as in from himself or whatever? Yeah. But it's also Walt Disney wants to cut the character of Mr. Banks. No, um, she doesn't think Walt Disney understands it. Right. And she thinks uh, Walt Disney thinks it's a film about all these. Uh, you know, he wants to turn it into what Disneyfy her personal story. Right. Which she is really against. It has, and then this year, I think we're seeing the good films now come out. I think I've seen some spectacular performances by women that are, are for, going for the Oscars, and not many by men. Mm. I say the only person Tom Hanks has done it again in Captain Phillips, he was excellent as Walt Disney. He's excellent. He's, he, you, He's very you good. You want, always forget. Yeah, you, you, you just take it for granted. Yeah, that Tom yeah. Hanks is. Is you, you think oh it's Tom Hanks doing his Tom Hanksy big mm. thing in your my, my mind it's somehow stuck on the fact he's just running down a giant keyboard doing his uh, Tom Hanksy stuff but he's 
really great in this and Emma Thompson is sublime she's excellent yeah and it's really nice to see a character driven piece two great actors just talking to each other with a great supporting cast um, the guy from Rushmore is in it uh, Jason Swartz yes as, as the two the two writers who write the music to Mary Poppins I can't remember their names but my mind did be down um and they and she sort of doesn't like their songs like a spoonful of sugar. Yeah, yeah. She disapproves of all these things. It's quite difficult. And she made them tape everything. And at the end, there's not in the credits. They actually play the tapes that of her oh, wow. talking. Which she, I don't think is it's not really a spoiler, but of her. So it's based on her. She demanded everything, and you hear the actual P.L. Travers talking about all the um, changes she wants made. It is not a film that you would. I understand how you you think it was aimed at you know grandparents yeah. and that sort of the grey pound. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a for the, a great film about films that changes how you look at an existing film, and you've got two um, great performances, and Emma Thompson's just plays the character cold uh, and unlikable, but then again you. I sympathise with her maybe because of our background and working with people on TV and most people who work on TV I say this hopefully from listening you're total arseholes <laughs> without a creative bone in their body who have to go through that route of trying to organise things and generally ruin things which I have directly experienced <laughs> so I I have I, uh, I sympathise I think it's in it. all professions that you get these management types who feel their job is to assert their management yeah. rather than acquiesce to the wishes of people who know better than them but I think in this is an exception because she's got these te- I mean what they did to Mary Poppins is a good film and the, the yeah. music in it is uh, it, it, it credit the credit the fact that we still you know all the songs off by heart yeah masterpieces in terms of like well films are collaborative projects yeah. and th- there won't be any great film that hasn't been so but that means that any one person trying to throw their weight about when they're untalented can really send it down the tubes quickly yeah. oh, same with any creative project I guess. Uh, how many Marricks would you give it a high 8 a high 8 we're uh, going decimal you're suggesting uh, there. no 8 <laughs> I, was, I was really surprised by this and it's refreshing to see um, a new, a new sort of film. Yes, it's a new style of. It's a oh, film really? about. Well, it's a film about film. Yeah, but it's, I thought the way it was very interesting. It felt. Uh, Is it about their relationship? It's about their relationship. It's about. I, did, I preferred. I preferred it when Tom Hanks and um, Emma Thompson. Thompson was on screen rather than the story with Colin Farrell plays her dad. In uh, in he's all right in it. Colin Farrell's Emma Thompson's dad in the, in, the, in the flashbacks. Oh, thank God! Right, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was doing a Guy Pearce in no, Prometheus. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> I'm so old. That's the same as your Bane impression. <laughs> I was born in the dark. Yeah, um, he was born in the dark. Apparently, it's it's a good film. Well done. Well done, everybody. Um, well. That's all we've got time for this week, I guess. I want to give Film Fandango money. Right. Well, because you're in I luck. know that these guys do this every week, and they and and it costs over eighteen billion pounds to make. It is 
true. And uh, how do I donate to myself? <laughs> if, if, like Marrick, you'd like to donate to the r- running costs of Film Fandango, then you can go to filmfandango.co.uk and follow the link from there. And any donation is greatly appreciated. As Marek says, we do all this for free. And everyone who has donated already, and there's a fair few of you, thank you very, very much. Thank you for helping us. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, all well, right, then. We'll be back next week with our Christmas episode. Keep watching the films. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.